It is, uh, you may be seated, it is uh, tremendous to consider the uh, angels at the, around the throne uh, singing um, for all eternity in uh, beauty and grace as uh, we've experienced it today to, the, to God who has been among us in Jesus, who lived with us, showed us the way of, of perfect life and love, and who died in our place for our sins so that we might be able to worship Him, might be able to enjoy Him and celebrate Him today and every day, no, no matter what in our own brokenness, in our own sin, and when everything's going well. That indeed is our story of good news. Of good news that, that we get to experience every time that we gather and every, everywhere that we go and anywhere that, that we are. And it's a good news that's for anybody. A, a good news that is for everybody. You know, if, if there's a a, a major complaint today about the, the message, the story, the events of Jesus, it's that he claims to be, as we sang, the way, the truth, and the life. He claims to be the exclusive Savior, which, God bless you, we believe. But we, we believe He is the exclusive, the, the way, to, as He said, the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. His claim may be exclusive, but His invitation is inclusive and universal. The, the, the good news that He comes to bring, to share, and enabling us to live it, He invites and gives to anyone and everyone, no matter what. No matter what they've done, no matter who they are, no matter where they are. And that's the story, the events in which we get to participate. In that same universal invitation, that same universal work of God and Jesus Christ that He wants for the whole world to experience. That He wants for you and for me and everyone else. That's, that is the, the story of his good news. As that good news is made true in, in your life, then you're a part of the story. And, and you have your own part of the story. That's your story with the living God in Jesus Christ. And then... As we're a part of the story, then as we get to share our story with others so that they can have their own. That they can have their own story of walking with God. But recognize it's good news. It's both good and it's news. And, and if it stops with us, then it's no longer news. I would even say the very reason, the very, one of the purposes that you have a story with the living God is so that you can share it with others. And if we're not sharing it with others, then we are in sin. 
We are, we are blocking the very plan of the good news of God in Jesus Christ that He has prepared since the beginning of time. And as, as we look at, at these words today, what I, I hope we'll, we'll engage one with just that good news in our own lives, the part of the story that Jesus is alive in us and the joy that that brings. And that we'll continue or begin or con- begin to consider how it is we're a part of this good news and able to share it um, with others. Our passage this, this morning is uh, found on page 861 in Luke chapter 24. Some of Jesus' final words to his disciples. And uh, you can turn to there, page 861, or you can read it on the screen. But what I do ask you to do is everybody get out or get somehow a writing utensil. Wherever you keep it, there's some in front of you, pockets, purses, shoes, I don't know where it is you you keep them. But have one there because a couple questions that I just want you to jot down during uh, the course of uh, looking at this passage. Luke 24, starting with verse uh, 44. Let's, uh, Let's pray together. Gracious God, thank you for your written word. Thank you for your living word in Jesus and for your inspiring word in your spirit who lives within us. Now, uh, open us to what you would have us uh, do. Uh, show us our, our parts of your grand, wondrous story. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. <clears throat> Luke chapter 24, starting with verse 44. Then he, Jesus said to them, the disciples, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the Scriptures. And he said to them, Thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in His name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And see, I am sending upon you what my Father promised, so stay here in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, the, the first thing to note from this passage is that Jesus, he, he, he shows how his plan, how his life has been part of the Father's plan since the beginning of time. He shows that this, this good news has been the good news since the beginning of creation, and it is good news for all of creation. That's why he sits with, with them and shows them. Here are the, word, the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms. All the things that we call today the Old Testament. is, is what Jesus is, is bringing out to his disciples. This, this plan has been in place since the beginning of time. The, the, from, the, from creation on. I mean, what, when God looks at history, God sees a picture I mean, he sees it all from beginning to end. It's, uh, we, we need videos, but God sees it all in one still shot. It's just the, the, the nature of God is so grand. And so what he's telling, what Jesus is telling the disciples then, you know, th- this, this isn't a surprise to God. This is exactly what God has planned. So trust him. <laughs> 
Trust Him with the rest of the plan. Get, get on board. You, you know, that's not an easy thing to do. To trust. You know, especially when we've been so abused with the sense that we're in control of our lives. And to really trust that God's in control and we aren't is a really hard thing. I mean, you can see it all, all over the place. I mean, you know, see it uh, with, I can see it all the time with my children. You know, let, get in the car. Let, let's, we're going on an adventure. Just trust mommy and daddy. Yeah, right. I want an itinerary. You know, I want to know what's going to be fun and what isn't going to be fun. Or, or you see it in, in the church. Just you know, a couple weeks ago, Monday, Thursday, we had communion. It was a new way to a number of people. It's actually an old way because it was the way Jesus did it with the disciples. But that's beside the point. Um, but we had tables up here. A table of 12. And people would come, gather around the table, and there we would have communion. Well, when people were coming in and I was trying to explain to them, you, you don't know, you thought maybe I was telling them we're going to have to go paint the bell tower or something. You know, they're like, what? We're going to do what? Well, do I sit down? Do I stand up? Which do I eat first? And where are you going to sit? So therefore, where do I need to sit? I'm like, chill. (laughs) No, relax. Trust me. It's still bread. It's still juice. Don't worry. I'm not Jim Jones and it's not (laughs) Kool-Aid. You know, I mean, come on. But just to, to trust... It's really hard. And I think that's why Jesus is telling This is God's plan of good news that He's had since the very beginning of time. Don't you see here? This is the plan. And then, and, and you're a part of it. And I'm going to let you in on some stuff. And we're told that then He opened their minds to understand the Scriptures. See, there is a work of God that helps us open our minds to the Scriptures. That, that, that we, because it, Jesus is not about passing on information. He's not interested. There is no test, no multiple choice test when you get to heaven. There's not even essays. He's not interested in passing on information. He is interested in on passing on transformation of your very lives in Him. In relationship with Him. And that takes the work of the Spirit opening up our minds. Not to what the information is, but to what it means in our own lives. And He is going to let us in on the good news. He's he's letting us in, just like He let the disciples in. To open their their eyes, soften their hearts to know what the the Scriptures say. And and He he does that through His work and through the presence of His Holy Spirit. At at the end of the passage here, what He's telling them, when He tells them, go home and wait, because then power will come upon you. Well, Luke, in his second writings about Jesus in the early church, which is the book of Acts, he then tells the story of how they're waiting and the Holy Spirit comes upon them. We, see, this is a time of great transition in the life of the church. We're moving from the, the age of the Son of God to the age of the Spirit of God. Jesus is about to leave, as we talked about last week, and then the Spirit of God is about to come upon us and live in anyone and everyone that is, accepts the invitation of Jesus to be a part of this plan of good news. So he's letting them in just as he lets us in on this plan. Not only does he give us the ability to understand it, but then he gives us the power in the Spirit to live it out. 
to experience it, to know it. To have a, a, a living relationship with the living God. I mean, the, as we talked about last week, the reality of the resurrection is that Jesus isn't dead even today. You know, that, that He is alive today to be in a living relationship, a good news relationship with you and with me and with anyone and everyone that accepts His invitation. So you have a story with Jesus. Just like the disciples did. I mean, because what, what Jesus told them is, we're going to tell you the plan and then you're going to be a witness. Verse 48, you are witnesses of these things. You've seen them. You've heard them. You've, you've been there. You saw them. These are real. And now you tell others of what you've witnessed, what, what you have experienced. And that's simply the plan. There, nothing else. And then you need to do other things. It doesn't say that. Just, just go be a witness to what you've seen, what you've experienced, what is real in your life with Jesus. So you see, in order to be a part of this plan, it presupposes one thing, a living relationship with the living God. That we do have a story to tell. That that we do, that we have felt, we have experienced, we've seen it, we've heard it with our own eyes, or our own ears, and our own soul, so that we simply can be a witness to that to others. You know, that is really good news. There is nothing that says you have to be a converter of people. It is not your job nor mine. To convert anyone. It's not your job or mine to change anybody's mind. It's not our task. Matter of fact, it's impossible for us to do it. It is simply our task to be a witness. Now, again, we presuppose though that we have a living relationship with Jesus. And that's my first question that I want to ask you, that I want you to write down. It's a simple yes or no question. Is Jesus good news to you today? Good. There was one yes already. Is Jesus good news to you today? Now, for lunch, you can talk about how, if he is. Is Jesus... Now, not was he good news to you 10 years ago, 5 years ago, 100 years ago. But that may be true. And there's good stories there to be in tune with. That's part of your story. But my question for you today is, Jesus, good news for you today. Because there there may be some of us that have gotten stuck, misdirected, a little off the path of of experiencing good news with Jesus. And I simply want this to be a day when you say, hmm, how come Jesus isn't good news for me today? Where am I a little off kilter? Where's my attention off of him. Is Jesus good news for you today? And as you get in touch with how he is good news with you, then around the lunch table, share how. And practice sharing that with one another so you can share it with others to simply be a witness. God reveals his plan to us so that It's good news. He is good news to us. And then He empowers us to share that good news with others. It it really is that simple. That it's through us that God is good news to everybody and anybody that we meet. 
as I said earlier, it's not news if it stays with us. For it to be good news, it must live in us and then be passed on to others. Now, as a church, we're a part of, of, of sharing good news all around the world. I mean, we've got, uh, there are folks that are a part of this congregation that are sharing good news in Turkey and in, in Iraq and northern Africa, in Taiwan, in, in North Korea. But I don't want to talk about them today. Because sometimes we can talk about them as if we gather and we pay them so they go do it. And, and we miss it. That's a part of what we're about because we don't all go to Taiwan. But we're not all called to that particular apostolic work. But we are all, in our own way, a part of the mission. And so therefore, in our own way, wherever we go, anywhere and everywhere, we are missionaries of the good news. Wherever you go and wherever you are. The Spirit is upon us. The living relationship of Jesus, of the living God, is with us wherever we go, wherever we are. The risen Christ living in us enables us to share good news. Simply telling others what we've seen, what we've experienced in our own relationship with Christ. Now, those of you that were here yesterday morning had a four-hour workshop that we've been talking about for the last couple months about God's space, about simply recognizing our place of not having to be the one to close the deal. That's God's job. That we, we participate in His huge plan along the way and see, look at every relationship and every connection that we have in order to simply be and share good news with others. And it releases us. It frees us. That, that God's work of conversion is simply our work of telling others what God's doing in our lives. Now, as I've been in, engaging with, with that with some others, I've run across some who tell me, you know, I don't have any relationships with non-Christians. It's a real... Uh, Problem, folks in my line of work, is you can spend all your time in the church and all the relationships with folks in the church. Well, if that's the place that you're you're in, if you find yourself in a Christian bubble, pop it, <laughs> pop it. No, it's it's just it didn't just happen. I mean, we're victims. No. Pop the bubble. Get out. I've told you for me, it's meant for me. I've had to stop and say, you know, I need to stop going. I mean, the other, just last week, my wife came to a meeting at church and I went to a meeting at school. I said, you know, I need to be out there some too. And as I've told you, I know for the next eight years, I'm going to have kids at Walnut Hills High School. So like, I'm just going to be there. I don't have anybody in mind. I'm just going to, Go to ball games, PTA, uh, cleanups, whatever is going on. Be there. Pop the bubble. Get out of the Christian ghetto. 
You know, we just hang out. Ghetto means is we just hang out with the, all the same kind of people. It's, it was formed, the, the word was formed in Warsaw when all, where all the Jews would be during World War II. Yeah, and so we've got to pop that bubble, break loose and put ourselves intentionally. Or it may just be we need to put on a different set of glasses. So I was telling me on the way out um, after the first service, yeah, you know, if I, if I have trifocals, then I get to see far away, mid, and close. And that's what you're telling me to do. Put on, take off my bifocals and put on trifocals. Put on Jesus glasses. And just start looking at all the people that you encounter, where you go. I mean, what about the person that sells your groceries, that bags your groceries, Read, heard a story at the, a recent event on evangelism of a person that said they, they made it a point to buy their groceries at the same place and to go to the same checkout person, no matter how long the line was, so that they intentionally would get to know them. You know, because it was the place that, that they went regularly. And they just put on a different set of glasses. Say, who are the people that I encounter wherever I go? You know, for, and you know, we hear all those stories, right? You know, I mean, you know, we have too many T- Tony Campolo stories. You know, I mean, his story of going to Haiti, you know, and the woman with the baby running after the airplane as they leave. Well, I'm not going to Haiti anytime soon. Only a few of us are. Uh, thanks, Alan. We're not all going to Haiti. And I'm probably not going to throw a birthday party for a prostitute anytime soon either. Yeah, but we have these huge stories of babies in Haiti and prostitutes. And it's like, you know, those are great stories and inspirational and all the rest. But sometimes I think those harm the work of us sharing good news and help. Because maybe, maybe it's just the people right under your nose. A number of you have adult children that maybe aren't connected to Jesus. Yeah, maybe God's just saying, how do you love them? How, how do you be good news with them? Maybe it's just friends at school, parents, neighbors. If you're hanging out with young children, or maybe it's other children at the playground, other parents at the playground, the ball field, the recital hall. Wherever you are, anywhere you go, the risen Christ is already there. The Holy Spirit is within you and you've got good news. So that's my second question for you. With whom or where is God calling you to be good news? With whom or where is God calling you to be good news. And, and what I'm going to do during the time when we pray, and a lot of you fall asleep. I had somebody tell me the other day, man, that's the longest prayer I've ever heard. I didn't take that as a badge of honor, actually. But during that, that time, we pray, and we're going to take a time just to lift up. If, if God brings to your mind someone or some place 
During that time, I'm going to invite you to speak that out loud. Speak that person. If it's just their first name or their initials or the, the place. So that we lift that up to the Lord. And, and during this, this next song, which you all can go ahead and start to get uh, ready. During this next song is a time of really taking those questions before the Lord. As we sing, that we, we listen. We listen to where the, the Lord is calling us, to the people, to the place. You know, what, where is that? Getting in touch with, you know, is, are you, is, how, is, how alive is your story with Jesus today? It may, may be that that's gotten stale or stuck and, you know, the, the work is to come alive again with Him. It's part of the reason we're focusing so much attention come the fall on that foundational hour. Part of the reason we're taking this spiritual life inventory to say, you know, we've got to be sure that we're, we are focusing, we are helping one another, we are encouraging one another to be alive in Jesus because all the techniques, all the workshops in the world don't mean a hill of beans if we're not alive in Him. So as we sing this together, as it's sung to us, and as we join in the song, take this time just to listen. To, am I alive with Jesus? And if so, get in touch with the ways that you are. And then the second, with whom or where are you calling me to be, just be a witness, to be a presence of good news at that place or with those people. Amen.